If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis 50. In Genesis 50, we're going to be in verse 15 through 21. And I just want to share with you, it's just been a, a, one of those weeks that, that God really has been moving in a good way. Do you ever have a period of time that, that you, you know God loves you, you know you're saved, you know things are great. It's, it's not a, you're not depressed, you're not about ready to go off the deep end or anything like that. But you just have one kind of those blah times and, and, you, and you really long to see God do something. You ever have one of those weeks or days? And you want to see, or months or years, but, but you want to see that happen and you're not sure you're getting to see that. I, I've had a little bit of a, one of those periods in a, in a few weeks. And, and this week, it was one of those weeks that God especially started on Wednesday. And he, he just said, okay, you've been waiting, so here you go. I'm just going to open it and let's just see if you can hold it all. You know, and it just, he just started pouring things and sharing things and, and letting me see things. Uh, some we'll probably get to share with you a little bit later. But, but it's just one of those things that, that it was just awesome to see God work because, let's face it, as ministers and as just people in the church, and there really are no just people in the church, all of us, we, we have times where we got to wonder, God, what else are you going to do? Or can you do anything else? Or will you do anything else? I, I need to see you move. Now, surely I can't be the only one like that. I can't be the only one that longs to see God do something. Not just for the sake of so we can build attendance or, or build a building or something like that, but i, I got to see God do something. Don't you long to see that? And, and not just for the sake of, of what we get out of it, but for the sake of His name. There's a song that, that's out right now that's simply titled, well, I think it's His Great Name or something like that. And, and, and when He does something, sure, it's for me and it's for you, but God moves and the thing that is glorified the most is His name. He does it so He's glorified. He's the only one who can do something like that. He's the only one that can... You know, I do something, I might bring a little honor and fame to myself. It's going to last about 15 minutes. You heard of your 15 minutes of fame? That's about all it is. But when God does something, it's for His name, His glory. You're good, but His glory. And so I, I'm just glad to be able to see God do that this week. And we'll share a little bit more later. But, but I want right now to talk to you about uh, a subject that probably a lot of us deal with. As I've been talking to Russ a little bit, I, I, you know, he, I know his class has handled some of this. And, and I told Russ this week, I said, well, this is just the direction I'm going. It's not because, you know, necessarily that's what you're teaching. So um, it, sometimes God just does those things and puts them in, in concert so you can uh, kind of get a reinforcement. But Genesis 50 talks about a story that, that we're probably familiar with, a story of Joseph. And, and I want to look at verse 15 and start there. If you would stand with me as we read Scripture. Genesis 50, verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sins, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when, he, when they spoke to him. Verse 18, Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. 
Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about, it is this day to save many people alive. Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Let's pray. God, thank you today for this time and this hour that you've given us. I pray, Lord, by, by just the power that is in your name, that you would just saturate us with what your word would tell us today. God, we need to hear from you. Uh, God, if it's just me today, take me out of it. If it's just singing today, strike that from our memory. But God, your word needs to be implanted in our hearts. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would seal that word in our hearts so we could use it and apply it to days to come. And God, I know that you'll bind any force that will keep us from hearing what you'd say to us today. Bless your people as you already have blessed them. And bless us today as we share what you've laid on my heart. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The story of Joseph is really one of the most interesting stories in the Bible. There's been cartoons portrayed in, you know, plays. The te- what is it? The Technicolor. Yeah, I knew some of you guys would know that. I don't. But um, a lot of different things were, were basically put upon and based on the life of Joseph. And so we're familiar with the coat of many colors. We're, we're, we're familiar with his basic story. It, it really starts out that he's one of, he's a favorite of his brothers. He's a favorite of 12 sons. Is that right? You remember that story? He's the favorite. Now, some of you probably feel like that you're the favorite. Some of you know you're not the favorite. So don't point at your brother and sister if they are. But sometimes in families there are favorites. Is that true? Eh, sometimes there are favorites. Now, I know some of you guys are going to start pointing, but don't. But Joseph was the favorite of these brothers. And his brothers became jealous. And they were so jealous that they plotted to kill him at first at least. And then over time they kind of settled for, for throwing him in a hole and then basically uh, sold him into slavery. Now I've been mad and angry at my brother. Kevin, you've been angry at your brother. But we've never wanted to sell him into slavery. Not for long anyway. You know, and we get over it. But, we won't, but, but here's what they do. They, they sell the brother into in slavery and he ends up in Egypt. He finds himself over time, he, he, he builds for himself a good reputation, but more importantly, God is with him, and God's leading him through that time, and he ends up second in command to one of the Pharaoh's officers, remember Potiphar? And he ends up second in command in Potiphar's house, and things are going great, so great, that everybody's noticing, especially Potiphar's wife. And then Potiphar's wife takes a liking to him. I'll not get into the, the details, but eventually she makes a, a, a move on him. Can I say that in a Baptist church? Too late, I already did. And, and, and you know the story, he ends up getting in trouble. Even though he did no wrong, he, he got away from the situation. He fled. He still ended up in trouble, ended up in jail. And eventually through time, he'll once again rise to the top, end up being second in command to the Pharaoh of Egypt, not so much of his own doing, even though he was doing the things he needed to, but God was with him all the time. 
God was with him when he was high. God was with him when he was low. And he was with him in all points in between. God had a purpose and a plan for Joseph's life. Do you see that? And so you kind of know where we're going as we look at the fact that even on his lowest days, even when he had his head hung low, even when he felt like he just wanted to quit, God was still with him. And Joseph was able to look past his circumstance to the God that had him no matter what. And he was able to be with him when he was high and when he was low. And you know, in all of those highs and lows in his life, it's interesting to me that he never became bitter. You ever, you ever met a bitter person? And I'm not just talking about an expression or maybe they have kind of a, a way about them that's kind of harsh or something. But, but there are people who are bitter about something in life. They've allowed circumstances to kind of hit them. And, and, and it may be legitimate circumstances. We've all been treated bad at times, haven't we? Well, y'all haven't, but I have. Have you ever been treated bad? Raise your hand. Sure you have. And, and, and if we're not careful, church, we, we can allow those things that treat us badly to cause us to be bitter. Is that true? It, it can shape us in a way that it really takes us from what we would like to be. It really takes us away from what God would intend us to be. And, and it shapes us into something that at the, at the end of the whole thing, we don't even recognize who we are We've become bitter towards something, towards someone, and we've allowed whatever's happened to shape our whole life and keep us really from what God's want us to be. Have you seen that at times in people's lives? I have. I've had to fight it a big portion of my life in my own life. And that's why I don't really have a problem standing up here and preaching this today because this is one of those messages that, that I've lived through in a lot of ways. I, I, I go through this message. I, I know what we deal with. I, and, and really all of us have in, in some way or the other. And so when we look at this today, I want to talk to you about when you have been wronged. That's the title of the message. When you ha have been wronged. We're just going to go lay it on the table today and say that many of us, really at some, all of us at some point, we've been wronged. There, there's, just, there's no two ways about it. We just done been wrong. That sounds like a country song. Done been wrong. Man, I could make a million bucks off of that if I put some lyrics to it. But, but we've been done wrong. And, and it, we have. There's, that's just the way it is. But I want to talk to you about just maybe three principles about what you can and how to handle this situation when you have been done wrong. Okay? So we look at the story of Joseph, and we know that he has been done wrong by his brothers. And so the first principle that I want to share with you is this. Knowing that God has a purpose helps you handle your trial. If you know that God has a purpose for you, then that helps you handle your trial. It doesn't make it go away, and it might not dry every tear, but it helps you better handle your trial. See, Joseph and all the things that he dealt with never stopped believing in God during his ordeal. Go back, if you would, and read the story of Joseph. I won't take the time today, but you really don't ever find a time where Joseph has his head hung low, where he's, where he's sitting and, and singing, woe is me. He's not ever at that point. He's constantly looking past the situation and looking to see what God's going to do. Now that's hard, isn't it? 
If it's not hard sometimes, I mean, because situations are, are in your face. God, sometimes we put Him out here and we say, oh yeah, God's there and I love Him so much. But for many of us, we don't see God right there with us and He's there, but we don't see Him. But the situation is smacking you hard on either side of your face. And so you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with right now. It's urgent, it's imminent, and it's in your face. But God, but Joseph was able to look past that, the things that were staring at him, the things that were breathing down his neck. God, he, he was, Joseph was able to look past that. Because see, Joseph knew something. He knew the dreams that God had given him. You remember that Joseph was a dreamer. You remember that? Shake your head. Do something. Let me know your life. Joseph had dreams. And they weren't just dreams or aspirations of what he might become, but his dreams came to him from God that let him know that God had destined him for big things. He was destined for greatness. He was going to be a ruler. Now, now Joseph had a little problem that when he got the dream, he made sure that everybody else heard the dream. Now, that was an issue. You know, if, if you got a dream and, and you're going to be a ruler over all your brothers and sisters and rest of your family and all your friends... If you share it with them, at least do it with tact. Because they may not see it the same way you see it. And, and they may not be as close to God as quote-unquote you think you are. But, but Joseph was, was more than willing to share that dream of how his brothers were going to be below him and how he was going to rule over them. Now, did it come to, tru come to truth? Was it, did it happen? It did. So God must have been telling the truth. Amen? Imagine that, God told the truth, right? But sometimes even, the, that kind of shows us, and this is a sidebar, that kind of shows us that we need to be careful with how we handle the truth sometimes. Because things may be true, but we can turn people off by the way we present it. And we can cause problems by putting our own spin on it. Well, anyway, we have this story. They get tired of hearing the dreams, but he knew that he had the dreams. He knew God did that for a reason. Now, I've, I've had dreams. I've had nightmares. I, I, I've, I've had things that unsettled me that I've thought about in my sleep. But that's not the same thing. This was a promise. This was a, um, an urging from God for Joseph to let him know, hey, I've got a purpose and a plan for you. And God may not speak to you in dreams, but He's got a way of letting you know He's got a plan for you. The number one way is, is the Word of God. It's Scripture. It's Bible. He tells us that He loves us. He tells us that He doesn't want any of us to perish. He tells us, if you'll follow this, if you'll follow me, I'm going to make your way straight, and I'm going to be there for you. I'll never leave. I'll never forsake you. He's going to be there all the way. Uh, the plan is right here. And through these dreams, God did the same thing for Joseph to let him know that he had a plan and purpose for his life. And he still, Joseph, even through being in jail, I've never been in jail. Thank you, Lord. Some of you may not say that. I'm not going to ask you to share your experiences. But I've never been in jail. But I can imagine how bad it would be. Especially, you know, a one-night stand stay or, or you know stay in one or two days might not be so bad can you imagine being in imprisoned for an extended period or an indefinite period or maybe even for life i don't, don't want to think about it but i know that that he even in the times when he didn't know whether he was going to get out or not 
he still was able to, to look towards God and, and count on the fact that God, this, this isn't the end of it. That This is not going to be the end. You're not going to end up in jail. I've still got a plan and purpose for you. Just hang in there. Has God ever had to tell you just hang in there? You ever? It's almost audible sometimes. I've, I've not heard it audibly yet, but it's been real close. Just hang in there. Just, just, just hold tight. Just do what you've been doing. Just, just I'm going to move. Just you told your kids that before, haven't you? You ever told your kids wait? And you told your kids wait, and they go sit down. They say, I'm going to wait. Because mom told me to wait. Dad told me to wait. I always do what I'm told. And I'm going to wait. And then they get back up. That's what we did. Joseph was able to wait. And he was able to hold on even when things didn't look like they were going to go the way they should or the way he thought God was going to lead him. And it was enough for Joseph to wait on God's timing. The Bible talks about waiting. In the Old Testament it says that those that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strengths. They'll what? Mount up with wings like eagles. They'll, eagles. They'll what? They'll run and, run and not grow weary. Walk, walk and not faint. Don't you remember that Scripture? And it's not word for word, but it's close. It's the, it's the Tommy version. But it was enough for Joseph to wait. And sometimes we need to wait. We're called to wait. Knowing that God has a purpose helps you handle what you're going through. The second principle that I would share with you is this. That forgiveness happens when God becomes your focus instead of your backup plan. Forgiveness will happen when God becomes your focus instead of your backup plan. Now, how many of you understand the concept of a backup plan? Uh, it, it, this is what I'm going to do if this don't work out. And we've all got backup plans, and we've usually got backup plans to our backup plan. Don't we? I mean, come on, be honest. And so we, we know what's going to happen if plan A don't work, plan B will take over, and then when that one fizzles out, I've got C, D, and infinity. And, and so we've got the backup plans. And, and for many of us, we have figured out a way in which we make God the backup plan. In other words, I'm going to do this until I can't do it no more. Then I'm going to throw up my hands and say, God, you're going to have to help. And God does. It's kind of like that Jesus take the wheel mentality. And that's good. I'm glad that Jesus will take the wheel. But the problem is, is God probably should have been Driving in the first place. Don't you think? I mean, because that's our problem. Jesus has to take the wheel because we grab it first. But if God was driving in the first place, I don't know that we'd get to some of the turns that we get to. Food for thought. But forgiveness happens, which is what we need to be looking for, when... God becomes the focus instead of our backup plan. See, Joseph didn't just call on God when he was in jail. He called on God all the time. Joseph didn't just look to Jesus when things were bad, or look to God when things were bad. He trusted every day. 
And God was with him when he was in jail. And He was with him when he was in the palace. He was with him when Potiphar's wife was giving him the eye. And he was with him when he took off. You know, sometimes when you get, the, the, the Bible teaches that when you're given a problem and, and Satan, you're supposed to what? Resist the devil and flee from you? Or flee for, he'll flee from you? Sometimes you're called to flee. He fleed pretty good. He fleed so fast. Flee's, flee's not a right word, but he fled. I was going to say flew, but then you, you know, that's not going to work. He fled so fast, he left his clothes. Sometimes you got to flee quickly. And he fled. And even in those situations, sometimes bad stuff still happens to us. He still got falsely accused. He still got put in jail. He still had to spend time there. But God was still working. God was still moving. Even in times when you didn't think you were seeing Him, God was still moving. You know, even through his life, he never allowed what his brothers did to him to make him bitter. Some of the hardest things that you and I deal with is when people hurt our feelings that are close to us and wrong us that are close to us. And unfortunately, we find out that the people that wrong us the most sometimes are our closest friends and our families. Is that not true? I mean, we got to be honest. Some of the hurt that we deal with, some of the things that we, we, we are hurt with the most are things that we... Either were done by our family or we perceived were done by our families. I've shared with you before that one of the biggest problems I had in life was, was really dealing with unforgiveness with things from my dad and, and dealing with the fact that in a lot of it was things that I just thought was there, not things maybe that were necessarily done. Some were. But there come a point in order to get release from it so I could get better and not be bitter, I had to let it go. Did you know if you're waiting for people to apologize to you, sometimes you're going to be waiting until you die? Did you know that? I determined that, hey, things are going to be alright when, when he apologizes to me. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. You ever wait? I mean, you can wait all you want to. Some people, sometimes the apology will never come but you're still going to deal with it. And what you have to come to in your own self is that I've got to get over this if I'm going to get better. Did you know that there are some things that at some point you're just going to have to get over? And I know they're painful. I know they hurt. I know they shouldn't have happened. But I'm still telling you, you're going to have to get over them to get past them. And we concentrate on that thing that happened and are missing all the, thing that God, all the things that God wants to do for us. He didn't concentrate on in that verse. Go back in that verse that I like. It says, let me find it. Verse 20, But as for you, this is Joseph speaking to his brothers, because the brothers are scared. The only thing they thought that was keeping Joseph from lowering the boom on them was Daddy. Now Daddy's dead. And they could picture... Joseph over in the corner going, <laughs> now I've got him. Paige, did you like that? I did too. That one was for me and Paige this morning. But they could picture him in the corner just, just plotting revenge and getting, getting ready to lower the boom on him. And they didn't realize he'd already forgiven them. Matter of fact, he wept when they came to him because he thought it was a done deal. 
And they come to him and they think he's about to do it. But he'd forgiven them long ago, I think. And in that verse where it says, I keep losing it. My glasses and my old eyesight. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. He didn't concentrate on the you meant it for evil part of that verse. He focused and believed what God meant, that God meant it for good. The question is, is which part do you focus on? Do you focus on the part when you were done wrong? Or you do, do you focus on the part of how God wants to get you past it? Joseph never had much problem forgiving his brothers. I don't see in Scripture. I'm sure he struggled some. I'm sure there's things that the Scripture doesn't tell us. I'm sure he had issues. But, but the Scripture doesn't show me that part. It, it shows me how he's able to get past it. He was human. I'm sure there was at least one occasion where he said, silly brothers. Probably worse than that, don't you think? Shame on them. Worse than that. But he never had a whole lot of problem, at least in Scripture, getting past it because he looked past their intentions and he trusted God's provision. Many of God's people are never able to get over the why of their situation. Because you know what we do? We get done wrong, things happen to us, and we concentrate and focus on why would they do that? Why is this happening to me? Why do I have to face this? Why? You ever, you ever notice how close why sounds really similar to why? 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 Now, I'm not saying we don't have a right sometimes to feel wronged. I had in my situation at times. You have in your situation. But see, let me share something with you. My, my dad's dead today. And if I hadn't been able to get some release over that come from God, I'd be dealing with that now. I was able to get, I got to a point that I said, you know what, I'm going to quit waiting for apologies and I'm just going to go on. I, 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 I'm going to forgive him whether he needs it or not. And, and, and a lot of things, like I said, I'm not trying to paint my dad in a bad picture. I'm, some things were perceived by me and I was wrong on some things. But there, there came a point that you got to get over it. And I did. Through God's help, not mine, but, but through God's help. And, and so you get to that point and, you, and if you... You've got to let God get you past the situation to see what His purpose is. Here's the last one. Forgiveness, and I want you to catch this, forgiveness doesn't take away the situation. Guess what? It still happened. We know it happened. Because if you look here, forgiveness doesn't take away the situation, but it allows you to move on. Look back at that verse, because he didn't say, oh, it didn't happen. I, I don't even think about it. He said, you meant it for evil. In other words, you did it. I ain't going to let y'all took that easy. But God. See, the best words in the Bible are two, and it is, but God. You messed it up, but God fixed it. You are weak in faith, but God will make you strong. And, and those are the best words in the Bible, and then as we think about things, but God. And He does that here. 
You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And Joseph knew better than anybody why he was in the situation. He, he knew his brothers did it. He knew their intent. He remembered probably why they did it. Probably wish he hadn't bragged so much. Maybe. And he knew they were against him. He was able to forgive them though because he knew that God never left him. It's a comfort, church, to know that God never leaves us. You've been in situations and you thought you were alone, but God didn't leave you. You might have gave up on Him, but He never gave up on you. He was there. He is here. And He doesn't leave. There may be distance between you, but God doesn't move. If He doesn't move, who did? You. Joseph was able to forgive him because he knew God never left him. He was always on the scene. God's always on the scene working things out for His own good and I believe for, our, for His own glory and our good. Unforgiveness does nothing for you but eats you up. It'll, it'll, it's like a cancer. It just gets it's small and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it tears at you and it tears at you and it tears at you and it hurts you and it hurts you and, and it, it, it'll, get, it'll cause you problems in other relationships. It'll cause you a mental anguish and it'll just it, it's just it's just it's eating at you all the time but if you stay focused on being done wrong you're never going to be able to get away from it you'll never get better until you release your claim of resentment release your claim of disappointment over whomever or whatever did you wrong you'll never get better but when you do, you'll see that God is getting you better. You'll see that God is moving you toward a place where He wants you to be. I would ask you the question as they come and prepare the invitation, what, what has a hold on you this morning? Is there anything in your life that is gripping you so that if you were to be honest, you, you would say, well, I could get closer to God if I could just get past this one thing. I want you to know there's no shame in having something like that because if we would be all honest at one time or the other, we've all been there or are there today. There's no shame in having something like that. The shame is is knowing something about it and not letting God fix it. And if you got something like that today, God wants to help you with that. He wants you to move past that in your life. What has a hold on you in such a way? And then I'd ask you this question. What are you willing to release so that God can perfect His will in your life? Are you willing to, to let go of something? Are you willing to turn loose of this ownership of, of gloom, despair, and misery? Are you willing to turn loose of it? Listen, God wants to do great things in your life. We talk about that in such a positive way. But you need to understand that God wants to move and work in your life but it does take work from us sometimes to give Him an opportunity to get there. Sometimes we have to turn loose of things. Sometimes we have to get over things so God can work. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you have any reason, any need to come to the front today,
you want to pray with me, if you want to pray with someone else or just by yourself, the front of this church is open for that. If you have a decision you'd like to make public, we can do that. Whatever needs you have this morning, if you just pray at your pew, make sure you make a connection with God today. Lord, help us at this time. Show us the direction we should go. And Lord, we pray for those that may be dealing with things in their life. God, I pray that you would reveal to them that you're the way, you're the answer, and you're what's going to get them through it. In Jesus' name, amen.